Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark films from the technical, cynical, cinephile side. And the hopeless, romantic side. My name is Hamilton. And I'm Stephanie. And tonight we are looking at One December Night. Yes, we are in November, but we're talking about One December Night. It's December and Hallmark. It's been December and Hallmark since uh, since October. Since October. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next year it might be September. We oh don't. Oh my goodness! I hope so. Uh, but yeah, this one, this one came out on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. So right away, we uh, we know it's going to be a sad one, and there was definitely some some sadness here. But before we get into all of that, Stephanie. Yes, Hamilton. What did you think of One December Night? Would you watch this one again, perhaps on a December night? <laughs> Would you maybe just have it on the background while you're wandering around the house on a December night? Or would you never, ever want to see this one again, even on a December night? I do tend to just wander around the house. (laughs) Aimlessly. Especially in December. (laughs) It's those cold, cold months. Mm -hmm. Um, I would watch this movie again. Okay. Yes, I really enjoyed it. It was not as sad as I thought it was going to be. I saw a few comments online fluttering about we hadn't yet seen it. And a lot of people were saying like tears and tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I definitely cried more for Christmas Sale. Oh, yeah. Which wasn't even a movies and mysteries. Um, I keep forgetting that. Like, I yeah. Was like, oh, yeah. Christmas Sale is definitely a movie. Nope. Nope. It was not. Yeah. That one definitely got me. But this one was very touching. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know... Uh, if there was going to be a whole lot of romance in it because it was very, you know, music heavy with, with the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. All right, there you go. So, yes, I would definitely watch this one again. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I think I would watch this one again. This one had a lot of good things going for it. It it was sad. It wasn't as sad as, as I thought it would be. Um, but there's definitely a lot of, of touching moments. You know, my eyes got a little watery uh, towards the middle and towards the end of the film. And mm-hmm. uh, it was it was it was odd to me because it didn't feel like a Hallmark film, even a movies and mysteries Hallmark film. It, it, it I can't describe it, but it felt very different to me. I don't I don't know if you felt the same or maybe mm-hmm. I just haven't seen enough movies and mysteries. You know, I feel like movies, the movies and mystery movies mm-hmm. all, always do have a different feel to it. Yeah. I don't know if they get bigger budgets on the the movies and mysteries channel. I'm not really sure, but they do always seem like just different, a different quality. Well put together. And as well put together as they are, why don't you give us a well put together plot summary? Yeah, this one was a little tricky. Because there was a lot going on. Just say it was about a band. It was about, about a duo playing yeah. music. I said a little more than that. <laughs> did you add December to it? I didn't. I tried really hard <laughs> to do it, and it just didn't sound. Oh, it didn't. It, it couldn't make it work right. So right. lay it on. I us. know. I'm sorry. Lay it on us. Quinn is a music manager tasked with the job of overseeing the reunion concert of Bedford and Sullivan, a former famous music duo. It just so happens one of the members is her estranged father, Mike. The other band member, Steve, is being managed by his son, Jason. Childhood friends now managing their fathers, they must work together to repair the relationship of their dads while navigating their own relationships with them. History, loss, and love all play a part in this reunion, leading Quinn and Jason into a romance they never expected. This might be my favorite one of yours. This what? one was really good. Yeah, this one was really good. I feel like it, it didn't like have as much heart in it as I wanted it to. Oh, but... No, I, I loved it. You could have added one December night on that last sentence. I wanted to, but it did, it sounded cheesy. Exactly. It didn't sound it right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, th- plays a part in this reunion leading Quinn and Jason into a romance on that one December night. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I'm okay. there for it. Great work, as always. Uh, let's talk about who is in this movie because... I'm gonna gush a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna fan gush a little bit, but you you go first. You go first. Yeah. Well, we have Eloise Mumford mm-hmm. who plays Quinn. I love her. Like we, everything she does is just is great. Yeah, she is. She is just a delight. Ooh, yes, I like delight. She's 
perfect word. Yeah. Yes. And she was wonderful in this movie. Lots of layers for her character. And mm -hmm. yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, we have Brett Dalton as Jason. He was also lovely. Mm -hmm. I liked him a lot, too. I, I thought he played the, the male lead very well. Yes, I really liked these two together. <laughs> I did, too. I'm going to gush a little about them as well. Um, but I don't think that's what you were talking about. No, that was not what I was talking about. Um, and then we have the Peter Gallagher, mm -hmm. who plays Mike Sullivan. And I adore Peter Gallagher. Um, we were just talking about while you were sleeping. And so, you know, we had to do this movie. Uh, I loved him in, in that movie. I loved him in the OC um, oh, TV show. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then we have Bruce Campbell. There you Bruce go. Bruce Campbell in a Hallmark movie. Oh my goodness! I mean, did you ever think? I I didn't. I didn't. And let me just let me just tell you about. I mean, for those of you, it's funny to me because I'm doing this, you know, romantic comedy podcast, and so I'm assuming a lot of our listeners aren't, you know, Bruce Campbell fans. Maybe they they don't like horror as much as I do. And so for those of you that don't know, Bruce Campbell uh, was the main actor in the Army of Darkness Evil Dead series. These are like cult classics, just wonderful movies. And I, I loved him as a kid. I mean, Bruce Campbell plays Steve Bedford. And there's a scene in here where, you know, he has bobbleheads made of him, you know. And I had a bobblehead of Bruce Campbell as a kid. That's that's how much I love Bruce Campbell. I had a bobblehead of him on my desk as a kid. And so this was this was a lot of fun for me to see him in this role with no zombies. Yeah, when you said the bobblehead comment when we were watching it that you had a bobblehead of Bruce Campbell, I was just like, that is so like, I don't know, like weirdly like full circle. Yeah. Like you had a bobblehead of him. Now you're watching him in a Hallmark movie where there's a bobblehead of his character. Very synchronistic. Mm, yeah. I love it. So yeah, and yeah, he was great. I mean, to me, this movie is more about Steve and Mike's relationship and, you know, the romance and the kids. They, you know, they're kind of in the backseat. It's really, they're in the front and center so um maybe that's why it felt so different to me but i i loved i loved that aspect of it and seeing them together was, was awesome mm. see i would disagree okay. i think they all were front and center because i that's what i was worried about initially mm -hmm. i thought the romance was going to take a back seat to the story of the band mm -hmm. but i feel like they all were front and center okay. and they and and it was done beautifully like I, I was I was into all of it, all the whole storyline, and I felt like they really uh, showcased the romance between Jason and Quinn a good bit, much more than I thought there they would. And so, for me, I got my my romance fix uh, with this one. <laughs> well, maybe it was just because I was so giddy to see Bruce Campbell, uh, you know, on screen. So I was just you know I was giddy. But I will also say that while you were gushing over the romance, I was gushing over everything technical in this film. I mean, this to me is a picture perfect Hallmark film on how to light and how to color. Like we'll get it out. I will gush later. I was talk about specific scenes and all that, all that good stuff, but yes, fantastic. But let's go ahead, talk about that meet cute. Should we talk about the meet cute between, you know, Steve and Mike or how do you want to do this? Uh, well, we have the meet cute between Quinn and Jason mm. first. Okay. So this meet cute, it was okay. It was, I mean, as far as meet cutes go, it wasn't like. Aha, funny, funny. Super cute. They already know each other, which I didn't, I we, didn't. We didn't know. No, that was, I didn't know Jason was going to be the son mm -hmm. of one of the guys. So, well, he, he looked just like Bruce Campbell to me. Like he. He shared a remarkable resemblance to Bruce Campbell. Yeah, they they casted very well. Mm -hmm. You know, they're surprised to see each other, but they seem happy to see each other as well. I kept throughout the entire movie, and it never was really answered for me, uh, trying to figure out what the relationship between these yes. two was in yeah. the past. Thank you. I mean, that I struggled with that because, you know, in Christmas Sale, we, we understand, you know, why they don't end up as you know, an item, you know, they kind of explain that history. Right. We don't get any history with them as kids, except for a Polaroid, you know, they hung out a lot, but we don't understand why they're not together because they seem very compatible. There's no real reason. And that felt a little underwhelming to me. I, I needed, I needed that answer to, to be invested in them. Yeah. There were a few things in this movie that they, 
did eventually uncover. Like there were little things that I had questions for and then they were uncovered and they were answered for me. Um, so I kind of like that in a movie where the layers are peeled back and you get more oh, yeah, information time, sure, yeah. as it goes on. But we never got that for them. So I assume they were just friends. You know, they grew up. Their dads were in the band together. I don't know if anything romantic happened before. They never talk about it. So I guess my one issue is that we did never get that backstory between them. Yeah, and it, it would have been an easy, easy thing to just toss in, but we definitely don't get it. Uh, which was a shame. Yeah. And then we also, I think we need to talk about meet cute between Mike and Steve. You know, Mike hasn't seen Steve in six years, they say. Um, you know, this duo has been broken up for about 10 years. There was a falling out, obviously. They haven't seen each other for six. So the first time they meet each other is at the photo shoot. And it goes about as well as you'd expect. I thought it was, I thought it was actually kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, sword fighting candy cane I'm, I'm there for it it's like so. as soon as i saw them get like oh yeah by the way why don't you hold these like candy cane sticks they don't even have the little loop on them i was like uh oh we're about to have something bad happen here and boy do we yes and i do love that uh they have like a bit of a like dad switcheroo they have this you know great i well quinn has this great idea mm -hmm. that they should switch dads and try to work with them because their dads loved them, you know. He, their dads loved them. It's hard to say. I know what you're saying. The the dads loved. Oh my god, the friends. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so each dad. Oh man. Okay. Quinn's dad loved Jason. Yes. And Steve's, and Jason's <laughs> dad, Steve, loved Quinn. You guys know what we're talking. And about. they have these cute little nicknames for Q Ball him, which, and J Bug. Yeah, which is a nice like little touch. And it, at first, it seemed a little underhanded to me. I thought that might have been the main conflict here, but then it really seemed like you know they were enjoying spending time with each other. So it seemed less kind of underhanded to me. But there was still like that note, and even you know he brings it up that it's like I feel like I'm being deceiving to your dad, you know. Yeah. But this really to me was was the meat cute we wanted. Sword fighting candy canes. I'm here for it. One thing I did forget to mention, and I'm so sorry, the opening intro to this film oh yes this and i'm gonna go on record as saying this this is the best hallmark intro that has ever been made i'm gonna whoa putting my name down right now saying that i mean it was insane they hired some great designers to do this one hire this company again whoever made this for you hire them again do not skimp on this the animation the design the layout, the typography, it was wonderful. The way they intercut like old photos of Bruce Cantor, like it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. This to me, I could watch it over and over again. Just very well done. Yes, I really enjoyed it too. It was very cool. Uh, very not hallmarky. No. Um, Money was spent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean like the Photoshop, it was a bit, you know. It was good. I mean, blatant. yeah. It was, it was good. I, I was the Photoshop was good. We've seen some bad Photoshop. Yeah. This one was was decent. Yeah, not not too bad. Yeah. It was it was evident, but yeah. Wow, you are a tough a tough Photoshop <laughs> critic over here. Miss Designer over here is just bringing down the no, hammer. No, but I loved I loved everything else. Like I loved how it was done. Yeah, I loved the layout, the font, the every, like. Yeah, it was and all it, great. It's funny to me because it feels like Hallmark always skimps on this. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, they're not here for this. It got me hyped. As soon as I saw that, I was invested, ready to ride. So beautifully done. Yeah. So yes, um, this movie uh, obviously dealt with some heavier elements. It did, yes. You know, Quinn is estranged from her father, mm -hmm. uh, Peter Gallagher's character. And, you know, we don't quite know why at first. This is one of those layers that gets peeled back. Um, and, you know, we find out that it's her dad had a drinking problem and wasn't always there for her and her mom. Her mom eventually ends up getting sick and passing away. And apparently he was not there for it. So that caused, I would say, some tension. Yeah, because of the drinking, because the mom didn't want him around while he was like that, not able to take care of their daughter. You know? Yeah, so... You know, I really loved these two as father and daughter. I mm -hmm. think they played it beautifully. 
there were some really touching moments between them. And yeah, I love this scene where she first goes to see him and, you know, they ha- there's this little secret knock that she does, mm-hmm. which I really thought was a great uh, detail in this movie because, you know, they were so famous that paparazzi and fans and stuff, people would always come to the house. And so mm-hmm. they did this like little secret knock so he would know like it was someone that was okay to open the door to. Um, so I love that. I love like a secret handshake, the little secret knock I sort of too. deal. Those are fun. Yeah. So yeah, this first meeting with her and her dad, I thought was excellent. It was, it, you know, it was, it was sad. They, they haven't seen each other in a while and it's kind of awkward. You can tell like they don't, they don't quite know what to say to each other. And obviously he's surprised that she's there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making a sandwich. <laughs> like yeah. he was not expecting his daughter to be there at all. Yeah, I love it how he's just okay. He's like, "Well, I'm making. Uh, you want a ham sandwich?" And I can't believe she turned that down. Though that sounds like a good sandwich. Yeah, but no, even like the way he looks at her when he opens the door, just so sad and yeah, it's it really like some longing and, and pain there. Yeah. So yeah, beautiful performances uh, by both of them in this scene. And I have to say the house, you know, the, the big red, as it's called in the film, uh, you know, plays a really, a really large part in this. And it's beautiful. I mean, this is the first time we get to see it on the inside. Just absolutely gorgeous. And, and there's a scene that I'm pretty sure it's this scene in particular after she leaves kind of frustrated. You know, Mike is left standing in between this door frame in the house. And it's, there's this beautiful natural light streaming in through the, the blinds, you know, the window there. And he's just kind of outlined there. And it's just, you know... The composition of this shot is just done so well, and just I I love this shot in particular. It really stood out to me. Yes, uh, I do remember that scene, um, and so I think we need to give a shout out to the director and the cinematographer of this movie. The director is Claire Niederprum, who, mm-hmm. if you're a listener of our podcast, you know that we love her. Big fans. Big fans of Claire's. Um, she she's a wonderful director, and. It definitely showed once again in this movie. Um, And then cinematographer is Christopher Carrillo, Mm -hmm. who they actually worked together on her pen pal. Uh, So he was also the cinematographer for that movie as well. And the lighting in that movie was chef kiss. It's just so good. And and in this movie, we have the same thing. Just wonderfully beautiful light. And actually, I feel like they pushed a lot of the the colors in this film. So what, what happens a lot in these shots is that we have like this beautiful natural light blues in the background of the shot. And the characters' faces are generally lit very warmly, a lot of tungsten light coming in and lighting them. And so it creates this nice sort of push and pull, creates a lot of depth in the scene. And I'm such a huge, huge fan of it. It, It's wonderful. There's a lot of blues in the shadows too, just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I feel like the coloring was also very rich. Yeah, rich is a great way to describe it. Mm -hmm. It's just very rich. There wasn't a ton of contrast, but there was enough shadows on their faces to create form to them. Um, you, if you listen to the podcast, you know I hate when there's absolutely no shadows on their faces. There were shadows, and yeah, it just created a lot of nice uh, form to them. Because a lot of times, you know, you don't want to just blow them out. They'll, they'll appear flat, and yes, it softens them, and you know, a lot of YouTubers will do that with a ring light, but it softens them, but it just it doesn't create any form. They, they look almost like cutouts in a way. So great job uh, to both of them. Mm-hmm. And even, in, in real quick, just in this scene in particular too, I, you know, it's funny, this meeting, I, it was a really well shot meeting between the father and daughter. I know we've been talking about this for a minute here, <laughs> but it goes to show you that there's a lot of close-ups in this shot too. Hallmark doesn't necessarily do a ton of close-ups, but a, lo- a lot of these shots were very tight on Quinn's face and tight on Mike's as they were having a conversation. And you generally don't see that, but it really pushed the emotional weight of this scene and that's that's the last thing i'm going to say about this scene that's it we, we have a whole rest of the movie to talk about yeah let's get to a little romance if you want i mean we can yeah so like i said earlier i thought the the romance was kind of kind of going to be on the back burner mm-hmm. in this movie which you kind of felt like it was but yes. i felt that the the romance that we did get was so good that to me it felt like it was also in the forefront because they're the ones trying to get their dads, you know, to do the concert and they're going back and forth and working together. So we do get to see them a lot together and they right. go on. There's like cute little 
scenes with them like pretty much every time we we have them together and one of my favorite little scenes it's something so simple they're they're walking outside and you know it's cold and he mentions like what you don't have a hat oh yeah and so he gives her he's wearing a beanie and he gives her his beanie (laughs) now i mean when a guy gives you his beanie to warm your head yeah that is just i mean i think that's almost sweeter than you know like the coat like the girls shivering and they put the coat on their shoulders like to me if he's giving you a hat off of his head like that's where all your warmth i know that's a big deal i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it i i have like no hair on my head i'll I'll be freezing (laughs) you have so much hair you'd be fine i'm sitting here freezing (laughs) i'm sitting here saying this is the sweetest thing and you say I wouldn't. Uh, no I way. wouldn't. No do way. It. Actually, I wouldn't do that because I do have a lot of hair, more <laughs> hair than you do. And so, yeah, I wouldn't let you do it, but it's the gesture. Oh, no. That it counts. was it was incredible. So you sweet. could like try to pull it off your head, and I would say, no, no, dear, <laughs> you keep that for your warm for your warmth on your head. No, it was incredibly sweet, and it was kind of a take on the, the jacket. And I think it was, uh, I agree, I think it's a, a grander gesture than the jacket. It was hard to tell though for me because I was so busy looking at the lighting on that little cart <laughs> where they got the cocoa. It was it was just so beautiful, just yellows and oh my goodness, I love it. I love tungsten lighting. Give me tungsten lighting all day, every day. But once again, you know, I feel like we're like halfway through the movie. We still don't know the story between these two, and I'm getting upset. And but honestly, it is never resolved. It's it's not and. You know, that's why I said I wasn't really in it for the romance because of that, because I don't know your history, especially coming off a movie like Christmas Sale, where we're, we have that history, like I said earlier. So I, I love these scenes of them together. But for me to be invested in them, I needed to know their story. I needed to know that history, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would have really loved to have it, but these two were so cute they were, together. They were so good. They were so absolutely cute. great together. Almost as good as Bruce Campbell and his hat selection. Can we please <laughs> talk about Bedford's hats? Because my goodness, this man can pull off a hat. Like, what about I all these hats? What about Sullivan's cardigans or okay. that sweet like uh, vest? He, he was like wearing like a little vest. I gotta go. For, I I gotta give Bedford his hats, man. I mean, <laughs> I I need that green cap he had on. Like I need to find that cap. It's almost like a throwback to the '60s '70s style. Absolutely loved it. Then he's rocking a fedora and just absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So big shout out to costume designer Brie Perry mm-hmm. for this movie. Not only were those hats wonderful and the clothes that uh, uh, Mike wore as well, but Quinn. Like I loved all of the the clothing choices that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, she had this like amazing uh, coat, like the coats that she wore. I just, yeah, I thought costuming was was wonderful. It really was, yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about, you know, another favorite of mine who I haven't seen in years, but Frenchie from Greece <gasps> was the the diner waitress, I believe, the diner owner. Norma, yes, Didi Khan, Frenchie from Greece. Awesome, was not expecting her, and I immediately, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh my God, it's Frenchie, and just awesome to see her. She was great. I wish she had more of a bigger role. I know yeah. there's like so many people in this movie, um, but it was almost like that she was alluding that she had something for, for Mike. I thought maybe they would do something like that. I actually preferred that Mike didn't have any love interest in this, that he kept it, you know, the memory of his wife and he's just like this bachelor now. So I'm glad they didn't do it, but they kind of a little bit of teased. What did you, what did you think? See, I didn't really get the the feeling that there would have been a romance brewing with them. I think it it just showed uh, most of the townspeople the the respect and like mm-hmm. the admiration that they had for them. Um, um, the townspeople all just had this like great respect and admiration for them. So that's how I took it that she just you know was a fan and also just feels like you know that she loves that they're a part of their town mm-hmm. and community. What did you think about Quinn's boss? Because it kind of felt like she was going to be a villain and, you know, I was getting villain vibes. She wasn't wearing a turtleneck, so I wasn't sure what to think. Her her nephew was wearing a turtleneck, though, when we were introduced to him, so the villain connection was there. Um, but to me, one of my, my favorite scenes, and I was really surprised by how much this scene touched me, was when her nephew was talking to Quinn, and Quinn was saying, you know, your aunt only hired me because my dad is Mike Sullivan. 
And he's like, no, no, she loves you. Yeah. You know, she said that, you know, you remind her of her, which is like the biggest compliment. And like, for whatever reason, that scene really touched me because up to that point, I wasn't sure what to make of her at all, her boss. And I, I don't know, that, that really, it really struck a chord with me. Yeah, I agree. I really liked her uh, character as well. And I love Troy too. Yeah. Because at first you think he's just going to be like this annoying, you know, like turtleneck wearing guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's just got the job because of his aunt. But he actually turns out to be a really sweet guy who's just trying to do his best, you yeah. know. Um, but no, I really, yeah, I like that they played that character, that fine line of like, is she going to be sort of like a villainy character? But she's really not, you know, she's just, a, I guess, a kind of tough boss. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think she means well. And then, yeah, when you find out that she really, that she really, you know, appreciates her hard work. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about this film, which I really like, too, is that both of these characters are workaholics. You know, they're both so into their jobs and they're not going to change, right? They're, they're not going to give up everything and retire to a, a small town and, and just give up their dreams in the big city. They they're both are committed to their jobs. And we don't really see this often in Hallmark where neither of them give that up. You know, they're both going to keep working. And I really appreciated that because that, that to me felt more true to life. Like I would love to give up my job and retire to a small town and and raise cattle or something, but I, I can't, you know, like I have to be near a city. So I, I like that. Where do I fit in, in this cattle raising scenario? <laughs> it's not going to happen. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did find it kind of funny that, yeah, they are both workaholics, but they seem to like not be doing very well in their professions. I, I would imagine that managing artists and everything, especially now is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they have this whole talk that they're like, they're both really struggling at their jobs. And I find it kind of crazy that Quinn, so there's this uh, artist that she had moved, like uprooted her whole life to come. And she, you know, basically told her, I'm going to make you a big star. Mm -hmm. The girl is singing on the streets. Yeah, but she can sing. No, she is amazing. She can sing, but um, it's on the streets. But well... It's outside of a coffee house, so, you know, it's, I mean, she couldn't get her in the coffee house, sure, but it's, it's nearby, so she can at least smell the alluring aromas of the, the coffee brewing. Yeah, so I did have just this thought that, like, these two are not very good at their jobs, um, but they do work really hard, mm -hmm. so. But yeah, shout out to the character of Addison, uh, who's played by Jasmine Forsberg. I thought she was an amazing singer so i would imagine she is an actual singer because she's amazing maybe so. they just got lucky maybe they just found someone's like can you sing sure maybe i'll try it maybe she was outside a coffee shop and they were filming <laughs> they're like oh you we've got you this is like wow uh, so let's, let's talk about the writing because this movie has a ton of quotable lines in here that, mm -hmm. that really that really got me one of the ones i, I I'll, I'll give a few of the ones that, are, that i wrote down that really touched me but Mike is talking to Quinn and they're talking about kids singing, you know, caroling and caroling plays a big part here. And he says, kids sing with their whole heart. That's a beautiful sound. And the way he delivers this line, the way this line was written, like, my goodness, that's, that's so true. That, that was awesome. Yes. Uh, writers were Eric Brooks and Sib Ventress. Uh, and I agree. There were a lot of lines that were quoted in the movie. And I just kind of would like look at you and be like, you know, let's, let's write that down. Let's write that down. That's really good. Yeah. And, and even, you know, this is a movie's a mystery. So we know there's going to be some, some super sad stuff. And, um, you know, Bruce Campbell's character, Bedford, he obviously has some memory issues that we're starting to see. And as soon as we see that, I look over to you and I'm like, oh no, here it is. Here comes the movies and mysteries. Yeah. Um, and, but later on he has this line where he says, you know, my memory feels like snow melting through my fingers. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, guys. Like that line right there, just. Ooh. Yeah, I have actually uh, put that to try that down in my notes too. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big Bruce Campbell fan, oh, like you are. I'm sorry. What? Wait, there's a but. <laughs> I didn't watch Evil Dead or whatever the movies and were. And Army of Darkness. We're, don't worry, guys. We're gonna fix this. Sure. She's gonna watch him soon. But I did not 
I didn't know how he was going to be in a, in a role on Hallmark. Mm -hmm. So just from knowing, you know, the type of actor he is, but man, oh man, like he crushed this role, like the emotion yeah. that he gave, especially in those scenes where, you know, he's talking about his memory. Oh, I'm getting chills. Like you talking about this is giving me chills right now. <laughs> and then this really amazing scene where Mike finds out about it and they're talking and they're sitting on the piano bench <sighs> and he is like, he's looking out the window and he's just like holding back the tears. Like you can see him, like he's just holding back like a good sob fest. And, Oh, it really touched me. Like I was, I was honestly just like shocked at, at Bruce Campbell's performance in this. Um, just because I had never really seen him in a role like this before. So I, yeah, I thought he did a tremendous job. Yeah. And that scene too, it was just shot beautifully on an angle there to show again, show the depth of the room. And we have that light streaming in through the window. Um, and yeah, the emotion in that scene that both actors portrayed was just brilliant. And, you know, Mike's leaning over to him as, as you know, Bedford kind of talks about this. And, you know, Mike's just saying, I, I got you, brother. I yeah. got you. And it's just like, I'm, I'm getting a little choked up to think about like this movie. It got me. No, it wasn't as sad as some of the ones we've seen, but there are just these special moments here that, that really resonated and really touched me. And yeah, th this one's a good one. This one's a really good one. Yeah, the heartstrings were definitely pulled. Yeah, and again, the performances were just top notch. Um, especially there's this other scene where um, where it's Mike and Quinn again. Mm -hmm. uh, another wonderful emotional scene with them where he's he's apologizing. You know, he kind of uh, he admits you know what happened that he wasn't there for her. He wasn't there for her mom. Mm -hmm. And it's something so simple there. They've just like baked cookies and he's there and he's just like, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like he just keeps repeating. I'm sorry. And then he's like, can you ever forgive me? And I was just like, Oh my God, like right in the gut. And she just immediately jumps up and gives him a big hug. Like, like before he, you know, can even think oh well maybe she won't forgive me she's just there yeah. hugging him and yeah that scene was was very emotional um and beautifully done it, re it really was and i and and i think as an entire cast goes this is one of the best put together casts that i've seen like they each person just really was was brilliant in their roles and, mm -hmm. and made me feel for them and yeah, it just really well put together. And every every person just seemed to really just, and every person just acted extremely well. And so I, I love to see it because I think pulling off this sort of emotional role, I think pulling off the, the complexity of all these various relationships is a difficult thing to do. And each each cast member just, just brought it 100%. So well done. And speaking of bringing it. Yeah. Talking they, about, about hats again? Yeah. <laughs> the uh the romance okay sure this is my this is my department over here and uh yeah they there is a scene mm -hmm. and you know everyone listening knows what i'm ready to talk about you know it they know it we all know it <laughs> if you've seen this movie you know what i'm getting ready to talk about and I hope if you love our podcast that you were watching this movie and you were like, oh, man, I can't wait to hear what Stephanie's <laughs> going to say about this. I'm actually very excited to hear what you're going to have because we don't we don't talk about these movies. So I'm really excited. So let, let's lay it on the line. What, what did you think? Yeah. So uh, one of the cutest, sweetest little scenes ever is they he decides to. So they're having dinner together. And oh, real quick. One of my pet peeves, before I get into the goodness, one of my pet peeves <laughs> in movies, any movie, not just Hallmark movies, is when people don't finish their dessert. <laughs> you're in the middle of dessert. You maybe take a bite or two and then oh, you're done. Man. Something happens. You get up. You pay the bill. There is nothing more important than that dessert, unless it's not a good dessert, but Whatever she was eating there looked really good. It looked delicious, yeah. It was like a tiramisu kind of thing. It pained me. I was... It, it, nothing pains me more than unfinished dessert. You made like an audible noise. As I, I did. From the, the dinner table. <laughs> I think you looked at me like, what is wrong? And I was just like typing furiously. <laughs> she left the dessert. Okay. So 
they decide they're talking about how her dad is not he hasn't decorated for christmas and she's like he doesn't even have a tree so he's like gets this great idea and he's like we we need to fix this so they go and get a tree for her dad which oh just melt my heart please so they're sneaking it in the house late at night again the cutest thing ever it's probably like 11 o'clock by the time they get the tree yeah this tree i'm like where did they find this tree it is the largest (laughs) tree and they've decorated it in like two seconds but obviously time has passed without bringing the dad down too yeah so they set up this beautiful tree and you know they're watching the tree and then there's a moment and I don't even have what they say before. I don't remember, but in this moment, the the vocal lights were voking. Oh my God. So the scene is them them two in the forefront and they're on either side. And then right in the middle in the background is the Christmas tree. And yes, it's all blurred out, the the beautiful lights. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't remember anything that happened right before this or right right after it. But y'all. We get a kiss, a before and kiss, mm-hmm. and oh my god! You know, since I started the the this fire campfire rating system, which you know we'll be switching it up. This isn't going to be my rating forever, but it's what we got right now. So since we've gotten it, I have not rated a kiss the highest rating, which is the Blazing Inferno. Let me tell you, this kiss. Blazing Inferno. <laughs> I give this kiss a Blazing Inferno. The first Blazing Inferno. The first Blazing Inferno. Wow. Yes. Bravo, Eloise and Brett. You two. This might be one of my new favorite kisses uh, that I've that I've seen in a long time. I, I can't even, you know, full on frissons. You know, I just, I was, I was shook. I was shooketh that this was happening i was not expecting it at all because you expect the dad to come down right away like you don't think it's going to happen because it's like oh there's an almost almost kiss dad's going to walk down and ruin it no yeah no and there it's like multiple things there's like there's a kid i need to watch this movie again like i'm just going to fast forward to this kiss but it is so good you need to watch this movie obviously for all of the other wonderful Mm -hmm. heartfelt emotional but this kiss in particular but this kiss if you came here for romance you came to the right place and they did good. Well, I, I mean, this is, this is a big deal for us. First Blaze Inferno. I'm curious to know how much, you know, Claire, the director, would have in this. You know, I'm, I'm sure she's directing the kiss. So I'm really curious about the actors and that relationship that, you know, I guess the triangle of what makes a good kiss a good kiss. Like I feel like Claire is pro-kiss because we did just see her direct taking the reins mm-hmm. which had all of the kissing yep. all of the time yeah so i want more of this i love you claire if you had anything to do with this kiss of directing it of saying how it should be or maybe it was just the two actors that felt the chemistry and they just went for it whatever happened here let's <laughs> i want to bottle it up like i want this to happen more often it was it was amazing that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad we got a blazing inferno. I'm we should have done a YouTube for this one because my hands are flailing about. Like I'm just so I'm so excited about this kiss. Okay. So going from our our blazing inferno kiss mm-hmm. to a thing that I, I don't like. You want to talk about it more or? I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I think you did an awesome job. Okay. Um, the the conflict of this film. So this you know I I do like this film a lot. You know, I, like I said, I, I would definitely watch this one again. Mm-hmm. Me the, too. <laughs> the, the conflict throws me, as it, as it always does. And it's not so much that, but just how it's handled. And then just the editing towards the end of the film gets kind of weird. I think there are some weird cuts that don't really make sense to me. Um, but it's just very strange. So let me, let's talk it through. Maybe I missed something. Um, maybe you listeners out there saw something that I didn't. You can kind of help me through this too. So... The whole, the whole big conflict is that Mike needs to do this to save his house, right? Big Red. He's not going to sing One December Night. Uh, One December Night is like their, their greatest hit, right? Like th- that's their song. 
and you know Bedford has gone on the road doing all their hits, you know, making all the money off of it. But he 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 says he hasn't done that one. Like that's the one song he won't do mm-hmm. without Mike, and Mike won't do it. So because Mike wrote the song about his late wife, right? Which makes well, he wrote it before right. she passed, but, but it, it makes total sense. Yeah, right. And so the network wants them to do it. Mike's not going to do it. So as a backup. You know, Bedford's like, I'll just do it solo and we'll save it in case, you know, things fall apart. I I don't understand. There's a scene where, you know, Bedford comes in with the, the producer and they're like, hey, we made a mistake. Is the mistake that they just recorded, but they didn't seem to send it to the network? Like, what happened there? So I think what happened was it was before they knew Mike was going to do it. Right. Uh, because Bedford needs this just as much as Mike. Right. Uh, Bedford is losing his memory. This is like his going to be his big last hurrah, basically. So, you know, he needs this. He needs a win. And so I guess they just assume that Mike's, you know, Sullivan is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So they record this. And then I think once, once they realize that Mike is doing it, that's when they feel bad and they like go to tell him. Because I think Mike... Mike has this point said, I'm not going to do it if we have to play one December night. Like, he's just like, I'm not doing it. So once they realize that Mike is going to do it, when they show up and Mike is there, then they're like, oh, no, what have we done? You know, and Troy's like stumbling over his words. And, you know, obviously Steve is like, oh, this isn't going to be good. So then they they feel like they have to be honest. Um, It's just it's just weird, like, because. I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't understand that because it's not like they sent it to the network. It was just they just did it as a backup. I it was just odd. It just seemed like conflict for conflict's sake. Um I it was strange to me. I it just didn't fit for me. Yeah, I it didn't fit I didn't feel like it fit that well either because I felt like even though, you know, Bedford and Sullivan had their differences, like you said. Bedford would never do that song like he knew how much that meant to Mike and that's like sacred thing you know a sacred song to him so it didn't really make sense that he did it but I guess he was just being selfish I mean he was thinking about himself and well no there's this line he says where it's like you know I have to save Mike from himself sometimes like he needs to keep that house I'm doing this for Mike so he he has an altruistic kind of mentality for this I think where he's trying to get to save the house for him yeah just that part was was bothering me and then you know we go to this back and forth where you know mike finally agrees to do it and there's these weird cuts from like the trailers to the house back to the trailers it was very confusing for me yeah i i agree that scene that part seemed a little odd as well and maybe i don't know maybe we missed something but it felt like yeah they were at the trailers uh jason has just found out about his dad's alzheimer's and so he shows up and he's like, hey, can I talk to you, like, to Quinn? Right. And then the next thing, she's like, yeah, sure. She's, like, walking Jasmine to her trailer. And then, yeah, cut to now Jason is walking in at Big Red and Quinn is there with her dad and they're, like, signing some stuff. It's just strange, yeah. And then cut back to trailers. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not really sure. But the trailers are on that property. Right, they're on the property. So, it's just, but- it was a little jarring, you know. Um, so, you know, conflict gets resolved, obviously, and then we get to our, our big, our big show. Well, there's a really cute scene, um, where Jason goes to apologize to Quinn. And I love that inn that they were staying right? at. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Beautiful set design. On beautiful. I loved that, like, little narrow hallway mm-hmm. that they walked to meet, like. Yellow light everywhere down that hallway, too. Yeah, it was so cute and cozy and uh, so Jason goes to apologize, and I love it because he does the secret knock <laughs> on her door. But then she says, "You don't have to do a secret knock to get me to answer the door." Mm. And it was a great line. So then, yeah, we have the the big performance, the big grand finale. Um, and another little touching scene is that Mike. Uh, so Mike writes out the the lyrics for Steve, like just in case. You yeah. know, he, it's, it's, he forgets him. It was a really great, great touching moment. And, you know, I wasn't sure what this concert would, would look like. I, I wasn't know. sure if we would even get to hear one December night because they built this up, right? Um, but we do. We get to hear it all. 
obviously it's going to be dubbed and you know we have um we have quinn's uh singer opening for them dubbing was not not great i, I we know this person can sing Let, let's have them sing you know we've talked about it before yeah no she was singing earlier on in the movie yeah. like live bring some of that it was great so i'm not sure why this particular scene was dubbed over but it was but uh i was personally really impressed by the the performance of bedford and sullivan yeah i can see why they're big i mean give i was some like tickets. these songs are actually not that bad yeah. you know i thought they were they were pretty good yeah no they, they i liked them they, they fit the vibe of them um so hallmark it can be kind of hit or miss when they have like an original song you know usually when they do have a few original songs they'll play it a lot through the movie you know you, you'll hear bits and pieces of it throughout the film you know, because they, they spent money on this, right? So they're going to get as much bang for their buck. This was really cool because we hear nothing of One December Night. We hear nothing of it. And so it really built up sort of the... Um, what is anticipation? It? Yeah, it built up the anticipation. And so I was really happy to hear this. I mean, I'm thinking about this other Hallmark movie. I think it's called like Christmas Magic or something. The guy goes to uh, his love's like side. She's in a coma. And he starts whipping out a piano and just playing this song. And the song is ridiculous. The scene is ridiculous, but it's just that classic ridiculous hallmark that we all know and love. Uh, we don't get that, thankfully. We don't get that here because it would not fit in this movie. And the songs are good. One December Night is a good song. Uh, yes. Uh, Christmas Magic is hallmark gold. If you have not seen Christmas Magic, you need to go find your nearest television, mm -hmm. phone, devices, anything it's probably on YouTube. Look it up. It's amazing. And and see how this, far Hallmark has come. Like this crazy. guy brings a keyboard to the hospital to play for her. It's not good. But it is an amazing scene. And we treasure this movie because of this. Mm -hmm. But yes, this is a totally different thing that is actually touching. And the song is actually pretty good. Yeah. And I love that it was really Peter Gallagher and Bruce Campbell singing. And I thought they sounded great together. Was it really? I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty positive. Cool. I think yeah. I've heard Peter Gallagher sing before in something. I, I have no, you know, I know nothing about music. So I just, I'll, I'll trust your judgment. Yeah, I thought it sounded good. I thought it sounded good. You know, obviously this, I think this was going to be dubbed over. That's fine. Um, I felt like it was good dubbing. Like yeah. to me, the one December night seemed a little bit more, you know, produced, but I thought the one, the coming home or something yeah. they sang before, it sounded pretty good. Like it sounded like a live version. I don't think they were actually singing it live, but correct us if we're wrong. Uh, but no, I thought, I thought they did a great job with, with the concert. Yeah. The and we get a concert. I mean, usually, some, well, not usually, sometimes they'll just play bits and pieces of a song here and there, you know, at the end. They, they played a set. I mean, a large well, set. It was two, two songs. Two songs. <laughs> they played a two-song set, which is a large set in the Hallmark movie. So it was cool. I, I was vibing. I was vibing out, you know? And so were Jason and Quinn. Uh, oh, it yeah. was very cute. You know, they're like dancing on the sidelines. Because they know. And, they know the song. <laughs> yeah. As they would. So yeah. that detail was very uh, believable. Mm -hmm. And then we have like the little after party uh, after the concert. And we get some more... Some more kissing. Probably not a blazing inferno. This one was Sparks. You know, yeah. they they gave us all they got uh, for the <laughs> one before. Um, can't you can't have too many blazing. And they infernos. were and they were alone then, so it's not too often you get blazing infernos when you're at a whole party and when, people are when around. Your dads them. are right there. Yeah, yeah, and I love that Mike comes in and he's like, "There better be some mistletoe over there, yeah. okay. J Bug." <laughs> it was, was really great. cute. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I do like that they, you know, we have this little after party here to kind of wrap things up. I thought it was really nice. Weirdly, though, at the end, they all kind of crowd around each other. And it's really cute. You know, the two dads and the kids are there. And then all of a sudden, Mike and Bedford kind of just fan out to the side. And the camera just stays on Quinn and Jason. It's really strange. So they just sort of fan out. Kind of unusual. A weird note to end on. A little technical for you, but, you know. A yeah, it did. Thing. It did feel like it was like they set it up like, okay, this is the end of the movie. We have to stand Spread here. It and, out. Yeah. Um, but no, I love, I love the look that we get between Quinn and Jason. So, yeah. um, and yeah, just a really sweet, heartfelt movie. I 
I knew I was excited about this one. Um, and yeah, it did, it did not disappoint. Yep. So that was one, one December, December night. night. Do you want to, and now we're going to sing the song. Yeah, I got my keyboard right here. Let's uh, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Are you guys ready? We've I'm been practicing. Falling. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate it. We love hearing from you all. Uh, please continue to like, subscribe, share, review. The reviews really help us out. So if you could do that, that would be fantastic. And we're gonna keep on trucking because we are getting into Thanksgiving territory right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Make sure we're on YouTube now. So make mm -hmm. sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Um, we'll be putting out reviews here and there. And, you know, something uh, people might not know is we we like to say, you know, to share or, you know, tell your friends about us. You know, that really helps out because a lot of people don't know that it's a little bit harder for people to find our podcast because we don't have Hallmark in our name. We didn't want anyone to think we were like affiliated with Hallmark or anything. This is just something that we do on our own time. Uh, so it's a little bit harder for people to find us because if you, you know, type in Hallmark, we don't necessarily always come up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, word of mouth, telling your friends about us, sharing. Grassroots, you know, yeah, sharing. romance campaign. We're, we, we like it old school. Uh, you know, share your favorite episodes on social media, things like that really help us out, means so much to us. Um, so yeah, we really appreciate all of the people listening and yeah, you guys are awesome. I mean, this is why we do this. Like talking to you after an episode is like the thing I look forward to the most. I mean, I, I feel like we have the best listeners. So thank you all. And we'll keep the content rolling out. Yep. Thanks.